You're listening to Extra Cuts, a special episode of Butchertown Rundown, part of the Beautiful Game Network. Hello, everybody. This is Becky Morgan, one of your hosts of Butchertown Rundown, the only podcast dedicated to racing Louisville. And I am here with a very special episode of the podcast that we're calling Butchertown Rundown Extra Cuts. These special episodes will be released periodically and will feature bonus content like interviews with players or staff, or if something absolutely crazy happens that is so unbelievably exciting that we have to talk about it right now instead of waiting for a regular episode to drop, who knows, maybe we'll drop an extra cut. Today we're kicking it off with an interview with racing rookie midfielder Savannah DeMello. This is actually the first interview in a series that I'm doing with all of racing's rookies that I'm really, really super excited about. They are going to be tied into my writing at the Beautiful Game Network, so some will be released here as special episodes of the podcast, and some will be released as articles on BGN. So make sure to subscribe to Butchertown Rundown so you don't miss anything, and be sure to check out all the great racing Louisville content that we have on Beautiful Game Network at www.bgn.fm. But let's get back to the real reason you're here, our talk with rookie midfielder Savannah DeMello. Savannah was drafted fourth overall by racing in the 2022 NWSL College Draft. She's a California native who played for the University of Southern California in college and has a long history of playing on the youth national team. Despite suffering a serious Achilles injury in 2019, DeMello was able to come roaring back in 2021 and start every match for USC and earn four goals and seven assists on the year. During our chat, we talk about everything from her first impressions of Louisville and the city and the differences between her native home of LA and Louisville, there are a lot of them, and how she feels the team is getting built so far. But enough talking about it, let's actually get to the interview. So without further delay, here's our talk with Savannah DeMello. To start out, what is your soccer origin story? When did you start playing and when did you realize, hey, this is something that I really want to do with my life going forward? I actually started soccer really late. I actually didn't start playing until I was around like eight years old. And I mean, nowadays, that's really late. Like my sister started at four. But I was a gymnast before. I was really into being a gymnast, loved it. And then my grandma actually signed me up to play AYSO soccer. And that's when I started. And I loved it ever since. My dad played soccer and he was never really into like having me play it. He was like, if she wants to, I'm not going to like force her. So started when I was eight years old. Then I was picked up by a club team. I was at an AYSO game and one of the coaches thought I had potential. So he's like, yeah, you can come play for our club, went to the club, then the club transformed to beach. And that's the club I've, I played at ever since I was 10 years old. So that's kind of how I started. So do you think that not being pushed into it made it more attractive to you? Like the fact that you weren't signed up and told like, okay, this is what you're going to do now. Dad played soccer. So now you're playing soccer. Oh, for sure. And I think that has been a trend with my family. It's always been something that I love. And yeah, my dad loves soccer. He played for a really long time. He was even my coach. But me and him had such a good relationship where he was my coach when he needed to be. And he was also my dad. And he really pushed me to like play other sports, hang out with my friends. I had older cousins that I did everything with. So 
my life wasn't just soccer at like a young age, but it was my favorite part of my day. So that's interesting that you say that because I've talked to Emily Fox at the end of last season and she said that she's noticed even from when she was a kid that there's been a major change in sports culture in general and how kids are treated and that you're always doing foot schools and you have to do this and it's a job for yeah. children. It's, it's not a fun game anymore. Have you noticed that trend? So I for sure. So my two younger sisters play too. And I see it everywhere I go. Cause I go, my dad trains a lot of younger girls and I just see how different it is to how I used to, like, it used to be me wanting to go practice. I would always bug my dad. Hey, I want to go to the gym. Hey, I want to go play soccer. Sometimes my dad's like, Hey, let's go like play. And I'm like, okay, sure. I know I need to get more fit, do more touches, but it was always something driven by me. And nowadays it's just a burnout culture. I feel like kids start at four and that's all they do until they're however old. So I definitely think that's going to like be really bad for kids when they're older and just in general. But I feel like I was lucky enough where it was kind of just something I loved and still love to this day. And I always tell my parents, like, I want to play for as long as it makes me happy for. Just a little more background on you a little bit. What are some of your biggest skills or attributes as a player in your own mind? I definitely think I know the game really well. I love watching games. So in a situation, I think I could think my way out of it, know how to handle a situation. I'm definitely more of a possessive type player, which is why I think I love how Kim has incorporated a possession-based style into racing. Because I know I don't think that's how it was in the past. But I definitely love possession, reading the game, solving problems throughout the game. I like dribbling. I'm an attacking mid, so I love to dribble out of tight situations. But yeah, I think just my soccer IQ, kind of knowledge of the game and my dribbling abilities and passing abilities, what kind of makes me stand out. Because I'm not the fastest or like the strongest, but I do think my technical ability kind of helps me there. Great. So while you were in college, you suffered a major Achilles injury. Is Mm -hmm. that correct? Yeah. What's it like going through an experience like that and having to work your way back into form all while being kind of on the cusp of your pro career? Because it was your junior year that you injured. Mm-hmm. Yourself, right? Yeah. Well, it was kind of a crazy accident. I was at the top of my game. I was getting seen by certain teams, like national teams. So it was definitely like really hard moment for me just to like sit back and reflect on my college experience thus far. And I kind of was upset with myself because I do think like I overexerted my body. So being injured, I was like, okay, I can't play anymore. And I was in a boot for three months crutches for three months. And I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to enjoy other aspects of my life. I think just like how I talked about the burnout, I burned my body out. So it was hard not being able to play, but I do think it was kind of a reset button for me and gave me a different perspective of the game. Okay. Because instead of being able to play it, I was able to like kind of watch from the sideline. My coaches were awesome throughout the whole experience. They gave me scouting reports to do. I was always traveling with the team. So it kind of just gave me a different perspective of, of the game and a new love for the game that I that I think I took for granted before the injury. Was there any question in your part ever about whether you'd continue to play? You know, was there ever a part where you're like, this injury is so bad, I want to transition to other things, like you said, like maybe yeah. even thinking about coaching, or was the goal always getting back in and playing professionally? The day I tore it, the next day, like me and my coaches were talking about what my next step was like, okay, I'm going to be out for the 2019 season. 
but I'll be back in April. I'll be ready for the 2020 season. And then I'll just like go from there. So I think it was always a matter of coming back just for me and for like my coaching staff and my trainer was about doing it right and making sure I wasn't rushing back into it because it was such a severe injury in long-term, even though like, cause it took me a year and a half to come back fully. And thankfully for COVID, it gave me the opportunity to like be able to recover longer without any pressure of a season. Yeah, kind of ironic how that, that ended up working. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the silver lining. But it was more about just making sure that I healed the Achilles correctly because I did want to play 10 plus years and going to pro and being able to do all that. Okay. It was, it was a bad injury, but I had my family. I traveled a lot. I got to just see things from a different perspective. I think it made me hungrier too to come back and be like, I don't ever, I don't want to stop this for a really long time because it took something away that I truly loved. And you don't really know how much you miss something until it's taken away from you. So that's, that's a good perspective to have. Yeah. You alluded to this already, but you have a long history of playing in the national team youth system. You were in the squad for the U-20 World Cup in 2018 with Hillary, Jalen, and Emily. As a rookie coming into a very new environment, was it helpful knowing a number of these players beforehand to kind of ease the transition? Oh, yeah. Me and Foxy were actually together for the 2016 World Cup, too. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So I've known Fox for a really long time. Hillary, I knew through club, too, and national team. And Jalen, I've known from the 20s, too. And it's just so awesome coming in because I know these players are so similar to me, both from a mental standpoint and like a soccer standpoint of where we want to be like the professionalism of each of us, but also us four, we love to just not talk about soccer. We have a life outside of soccer. Like you were saying about Emily Fox. So it's just awesome being with players like that because it makes the transition from club or I mean, from college to professional, like that much easier when you have such good, strong friendships already to like lean back on. So even if you did know a few players ahead of time, and that was helpful, this is still an extremely new squad with an extremely new team. How do you feel now that you have a couple scrimmages under your belt, you know, a couple preseason games? Do you feel like you're getting good chemistry both on and off the field? Do you feel like you're really starting to gain more momentum towards the way you want to look when the season actually starts? Yeah, I can 100% say that I was kind of scared coming into like a professional environment just because of egos and like how much older players are than us. But this team has been nothing but welcoming. And I never have been honestly like a part of an environment like this. Not even like my college team, I don't think was as close as this team is becoming. I guess today we just went to the beach to like hang out on our off day. And I think I've just became so, so close with so many of the other players, not even the ones that I've known, but like other ones. And it just feels like a family and I think that goes such a long way on the field because in the game yesterday or the other day against Florida State, it was so hot and like we were all exhausted, but we were willing to do the work for each other because we have that much respect for each other and for this group and this family that we want to do well for each other so that we can all succeed. So I think that's something that's, that you don't get in a lot of professional environments. And I think that's something that although we are all like amazing technical soccer players that I think are going to do well, having that family role and like family perspective is going to help us a long way too. So you think that really provides an edge, it, just even in terms of, like you said, how hard you play for each other? Do you really think that that's something that, you know, it's going to be a while before you all learn each other's wants and, and what you want on the field? So do you think that will help push the extra edge? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just talking to one of my friends about it. I feel like when you make a relationship strong off the field, 
on the field, you're more willing to like, if someone yells at me, I know it's coming from a place of they want me to be better and they care for me. So I'm going to like listen. Whereas if none of us talk to each other and someone's yelling at me on the field, I'm like, she's just being rude. Yeah. Especially for a rookie like me, like I'm just trying to take in like all the information I can and give what I can give. Okay. Because I think it's different if it's like, I'm not very close with people and you're trying to tell me what to do. It, it can come from like a, a rude perspective. But I think everyone's willing to listen to everybody because we all know that we all want what's best for the team rather than just an individual. Is some of that, you know, want and need and coming together, is that is that coming from the players and just how you naturally get together? Is that coming from the coaching staff, a mix of both, you know, or is it something the club's yeah. encouraging or is it something that's just happening naturally? I would say all the above, definitely the club. I know James is really into the cohesiveness of this team. And I think just from last season to this season, I think there's a lot of changes in having standards, being accountable and, having just like a good bond with the team because we are together all year round. So we're not going to be best friends with everybody, but I think the fact that we all like get along and enjoy each other's company just makes it that much more fun and that much more enjoyable. But I definitely think it comes from the coaching staff too. They put up together like bowling. We went bowling the other week, went to the beach yesterday. We're on this trip in Florida, all hanging out. So I definitely think it's come from the coaching staff, but they can do all they want. But I think the players have also put in a lot of like, Oh, okay, instead of just being on our phones at dinner, we're going to like try to talk to each other. We sit with different people at dinners. We're really trying to like become a team here and a family. And I think it's been awesome. And I think it's been showing in our games. And, you know, a, a lot of veterans that are in a completely different place in their life than rookies can set themselves apart, not because they're bad people or anything like yeah. that. Just because, you know, and you're 10 years older and doing something at a completely different level of your career in life, you know, you might just have less to do with, with younger people how do you feel like the veterans like Jess McDonald and Nadia Nadim and Gemma Bonner have have been to the rookies yeah they've been awesome I've talked to all of them multiple times Nadia just got here and I've already talked to her a bunch of times all awesome people like you said it's like different obviously Jess has her son I think what makes this so awesome is that when she's with us she is fully with us and talking to us it was funny she was at a table with like me Hillary and Jalen and we're just all talking about what what our favorite snacks were when we were in like middle school. <laughs> so I just think her putting that effort in is just awesome because I don't think a lot of veteran players do that. And Gemma has been awesome. Not Nadia has been awesome. They've all just been great. And I think they're really, I think it's just their personality too, but I think they're just doing a great job of trying to reach out and get to know all of us better and kind of bring us under their wing and show us what they know about being a professional. And um, I've already learned so much about them off the field. No, that's that's wonderful. So you are in Florida right now, obviously, but you were in Louisville for at least a few weeks. So mm -hmm. what are your first impressions of the club and the team environment, like the facilities, the housing, just the, yeah. I guess the stadium, you can't really talk about too much yet. We've passed by the stadium. Me and, me and Jalen have drove, driven past it and we get so excited every time we drive past it because it is so cool looking so we've definitely we've seen it but the facilities are unlike anything else my agent was telling me before I signed out he was like yeah like this place is literally treats you like a professional and I think coming from LA there's just so much going on that you're never really like yeah we, I went to USC and I was like a student athlete but it wasn't a community like how Louisville is and I've never experienced that because I've lived in California my whole life 
there's five plus professional teams. There's everything you can want to do is there. So I think coming to like a smaller city and having like so many people support you is just awesome. We, um, everyone jokes around, like, I love Quills, the coffee place. Oh, I do too. It's awesome. And I see people with like bumper stickers, see like racing Louisville everywhere. And I just think it's such a unique experience. And I think like how I was saying about the team, I think we have the community too, that like is like our family to support us. But yeah, the facilities are awesome. It feels like college, honestly. We go in super professional. We have our lockers. We get our breakfast, our lunch. We have our strength plans. We go to training. We have our showers. We get our gear. It's just, they treat us like such professionals. And I think it makes you want to do everything you can to stay here, stay in this environment, and also give back to like the community. And like, I know Mark, I'm super close with Mark Lynn who's our vision trainer. Mm -hmm. And he's just, he's awesome. Like what he's done for like, not only me with my vision already, but just for all the girls, it just makes me want to give back to like our community. It's just, it's a great, it's a great environment. Have you been recognized yet? Because you will, if you haven't yet. I know Gemma Bonner had a pretty funny story that she like literally arrived in the US and was like in the supermarket and probably, you know, still in jet lag. And someone came up and was like, oh, we're so happy to have you here. And she was like, who are you? So I had um, someone on Twitter actually say like, I posted like an Instagram story of me at Quills. And then she posted on Twitter. She's like, oh, I saw some Louisville girls. As Tavdamel like her vanilla ice lot oat milk lattes. <laughs> so it was so funny. So I thought that was funny. But I just see stickers everywhere and then they always ask, like, Oh, are you part of the professional team? I'm like, Yeah, we're rookies. And then they're like, Oh yeah, like we saw your um celebration video with your family or you're in the draft. And I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> in LA, no one ever talks to you anyways. That's the thing. Like everybody loves to talk in Louisville and like talk to each other. And I love that because I'm like a huge talker. But in LA, everyone just literally has like their heads down and like does does their own thing. I'm originally from Philadelphia. So it's a little more like the LA attitude. Like, I don't know, probably not as much, but still like you don't just make conversation with people you're standing in line next to at the checkout. It took me a while to get used to it when I moved here. You're asking how my day is? What? Yeah, it's it's nice though. I mean, everybody is so nice Uh and especially with racing. I mean, like really is the big thing in the city you know it is the sport and it's really embraced so the challenge cup is really coming up pretty soon are you guys getting excited about being in the stadium environment oh yeah super excited it's like less than a month away I think now yeah yeah we are so pumped and I think that's just like it's kind of like a countdown till that first game and I think all the pieces are coming together and I think we're learning a lot and we're just trying to be as best prepared as we can for that first game and I think we're going to take it one game at a time but super excited it's going to be like a lot of the girls first time I think we have a lot of young players so I think it's going to be a lot of first debut just wearing the jersey it's going to be an awesome experience but I think we have the talent and we definitely have the chemistry to do well that's that's wonderful I love to hear it changing topics a bit the NWSL obviously had a very tumultuous season in 2021 whole lot of stuff came out but I guess the silver lining is that there has been some positive change that's been made particularly the signing of the collective bargaining agreement and, you know, the advancement and allowing things like free agency and severance pay. And as a rookie entering the league, do you feel that the league is moving in a positive direction? 
Yeah, I definitely think even with the U.S. national team that just came out, Mm -hmm. how they got the $24 million lawsuit, like finally signed and all that. I think all the things are coming together and I think we're finally getting the recognition and what we deserve. And like we were always saying, we're not asking for like these crazy, crazy things. We're literally asking as professional athletes to get the minimum. We're not even, we were getting the below minimum. We're just asking for the minimum. And I think as we get more and more like fans to our stadiums, it's just going to keep growing and growing. And I think a lot of the players who have come before me have worked tremendously hard to even get it to where it is now. Amy Rodriguez is our new assistant coach at USC. And she was talking about like, yep, I remember when we were making $8,000 a year. And I'm like, it's kind of in awe because I was just in the club, you know, just doing my own thing. And it's just kind of crazy what all those women have done just for us to get to this point. It just kind of makes us want to keep doing that so that girls who are younger than me can have better experiences and maybe even be able to stay in the league longer because they're making more money. Whereas now people don't stay in the league, not because they don't love the sport, but it's because, listen, I have to buy a house. I can't live off this amount of money, which is, it's like suck because no professional athlete should ever have to decide that because of money. So I just think it's awesome. I mean, the CBA happening was awesome. So I think it's just going in a good direction. And hopefully with the World Cups coming up, hopefully soccer can get more recognition and the women's game can get more recognition as well. Do you feel like things are really changing in women's soccer right now? Because outside of the CBA, you know, so many expansion teams are are coming in. There are two this year. Louisville was last year and then Utah moved to KC. There's rumors of, you know, potentially two more teams coming next year. Who knows about the year after that? Do you feel like you're you're at a time of just like exploding growth in, in the entire sport? And do you think that that's good or do you think it's almost making it a little unstable because it's all just happening so fast? No, I think it's great. I think honestly, the more recognition we can get and the more teams we can get, I think the better. Cause I even think in Spain and in Europe, Barcelona is selling out to Real Madrid games. Like they're yeah. selling out the camp new, like, and it sucks that it all has to happen. Like bang, 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 because it's like been at such a delay. This should have been happening like three years ago. Yeah. But I do think it's good because then once it starts getting more recognition, then we can work on like the finer details of like, okay, hey, this, we need this differently. But I do think what's most important is just expanding and getting more recognition to the sport. Okay. That's great. But I think it's awesome because it's happening in Spain here. I know the Australian leagues are getting a lot more recognition, like more fans. So I'm glad it's happening to at the global level and not just in the United States. And also finally in the United States, truly at the club level, the national team has been followed for so long. I mean, I know people who've been watching them since 1999, but you know, some of them didn't even know the league existed until 2019. And they're like, yeah. oh, these players go and, and play in a, you know, an actual yeah, league in my soccer. own country. Yeah. Yeah. It's really kind of expanding at all levels. And Louisville, after only being in existence for a year, just added a W league team too. Yeah. Do you think adding that level to and having a full developmental pyramid, do you think that's going to be the next thing that needs to happen for true expansion and stability in women's soccer? I think so. And I think a good start of that is like having academy teams too. Because I know we have a really good academy program and we have some of the younger girls who come and train with us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just awesome. And I think not only for pro players, but just for the youngins. 
I remember me, like I didn't really have much options as a club soccer player. It was more just, I played club. I went to ODP. Then I went to like national team sometimes. Yeah. Whereas now like my younger sister's like, oh, she can go do this and she can go do that. And it's like just so many different opportunities she has to like grow her soccer game. Because I think instead of just going from these big leaps of like college to pro to, or even from club to college was like a huge leap for me. Mm -hmm. I think it kind of helps all the girls like kind of integrate into like the next step of their life and their soccer career a little bit easier if we have more of those stepping stones. But then it also could go to the burnout thing like we were talking about. So it's kind of like a fine line between those two topics. But I'm just glad all the recognition of soccer is finally getting out there. People like to talk about the sport more. Even on social media, like I see so much more about like NWSL and Challenge Cup stuff. So it's awesome. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's growing to a point that I, I've never seen and didn't think would happen this quickly. Uh, so it's it's really exciting. And it's exciting to be in a place yeah. like Louisville, where there is so much interest at all levels from the W League yeah. up to up to the first team. Final question, just to wrap it up, looking ahead to the Challenge Cup and the start of the regular season. What are you looking forward to most in your rookie year? And do you have any solid individual goals or benchmarks that you want to reach? Or are you just going to kind of take it as it comes and go with flow? I feel like I just want to develop as much as I can while also, I mean, everybody wants to start. And I mean, if we weren't, if we didn't want to start, like, I don't think we'd be here. That's the competitive side of each of us. But I want to learn as much as I can grow my game because in reality, like I want to be in this league for a lot longer than just like a couple years. So for me, it's just about developing, taking it all in, learning from the older players, becoming more of a professional athlete, getting my feet wet and just kind of helping the team in any way I can. My career can be like two more years or 10 more years. And obviously I want it to be 10 years. So I think I just want to learn as much as I can and have the positive attitude and just take it all in. Yeah. And that was my chat with Savannah DeMello. I really can't thank her enough for being willing to come on the Butchertown Rundown to chat with me. I loved everything she had to say about the club and the environment and how well everybody's getting along. And I'd totally be lying if I said it wasn't getting me even more pumped for the new season than I already was. Huge shout out to Racing's Logan Agin, who was incredible in getting all of these rookie interviews scheduled for me. Another shout out to my friend Liz Schendel, who did all the incredible artwork for the Rookie Series. And of course, huge thanks to you, the listener, for taking time to join us today. A new episode of Butchertown Rundown will be coming out next Wednesday, and you might also want to be on the lookout for a few more Rookie interviews coming out, both here and on BGN in the next couple of weeks, too.